Welcome to the One Proposal Podcast. I am your host, Dalia. This year, a word that has really captivated my attention is a word, build. Since my interest in this word, I've come across multiple scripture references that have to do with building and rebuilding. And isn't it so interesting? Whenever you get a word, you begin seeing it all over the place. But the fascinating thing is that some of the scriptures that I'm seeing this word in, I've seen these scriptures many times over. Yet, the word word build wasn't readily seen at first glance. It was in the digging, the peeling back some of the layers in these scriptures is where I discovered that some words in these all too familiar scriptures had their original roots in the word build or even in the word rebuild. Then I began thinking that in order for something to be rebuilt, it first needs to be demolished, right? I thought about my life. My life had to be rebuilt because I lived 24 years without Christ. Since I've since I began this journey, I've had to demolish and rebuild 24 years of a foundation that was not Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's get into some scriptures today. A key question that came up for me in this study was, what am I demolishing and why is it important for me to demolish it? We'll start in Romans 12 too. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If we want to know what the will of God is for our life, then we have to, one, set ourselves apart and not conform or imitate to the same patterns as this world. And then two, we've got to be transformed. But how do we do that? By the renewing of our mind. If we desire to carry out the will of God, it means that our lives will have to look different. Our lives will look different than what the world is doing. Our patterns can't look like those who are living to please the flesh and themselves instead of God. So we must be transformed. But what exactly does that mean? I looked up the root word for transformed, and one of the root word words goes back to the to renovation, as in the action of renovating a building, modernizing it, updating it, upgrading it. So this is saying that in order for us to find out what the will of God is for our lives, then we've got to renovate our mind. And why is this mind renovation so important? Well, Proverbs twenty three seven lets us know. It says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. According to this scripture, our mind is powerful. As you think, as we think in our minds, then that is who we are. And our lives become a byproduct of what we are thinking in our minds. If we desire to change our lives, if we want to step into the will of God, then we've got to take hold of our minds and renovate them. So we've got to demolish 
and we've got to rebuild. Okay, so let's start this renovation project. <laughs> Jude one twenty says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. God can't make it any more clear, right? Right here, Jude one twenty, it tells us that we've got to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So as we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we're building ourselves up. And if you're like me, 24 years living without God, then we have lots to demolish in order to rebuild. Jeremiah 23, 29 tells us how to demolish. It said, it says, God's word is like a hammer that breaks a fortress into pieces. <laughs> and in Jeremiah 31, God says, I will build you and you shall be built. So this is God speaking to us. He's saying that he is the one that will build us. Psalm 127 says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. So as we're doing this and we're putting it into practice, we're allowing God to build the house, this house, our house, which is ultimately his house, his temple where the Holy Spirit resides. And trust me, friend, you do not want to build your own house outside of God and his will. Ephesians 2.20 goes on to say that we're, we're built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ himself being our cornerstone. So if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior like I have, then he is now the foundation that we are being built on. So as we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're building ourselves up in our most holy faith with Jesus as a cornerstone. And as a result, we are renewing our mind. We're renovating our minds in conformity to the will of God. Okay, now to the part that I really wanted to share with you. All this was foundational. I found myself back in Genesis 2.18 and 2.22. It says that the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper for him. And the rib which God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. There are five observations that I made between these two scriptures. One, God saw. Two, God said. Three, God promised. Four, God made. And five, God brought. God saw that something wasn't good in this equation. And as a result of him seeing this, he spoke some words out of his mouth. And he said that the thing that he saw wasn't good. God then made a declaration based on what he had seen. And he made a determination with his words. I will. I will. This is God, right? I will make him a helper. God's words are powerful. And it may not look like this scripture in your life today. And it may not look like this scripture in my life today. Or it may not look like 
another scripture that you're believing God for, it may not look like the promise that you're standing on yet. We've got to remember who made the promise. And in this case, it was God. Therefore, we can rest assured, we can take it to the bank that God will come through for us. So what I did, I went back to his word to remind myself why he can be faithful and why he can be trusted. Ezekiel 24, 14 says, I, the Lord, have spoken. I, the Lord, have spoken. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I spare, neither will I repent. Friends, God has already spoken on this matter in the beginning. It is written there in the pages of your Bible. Turn to Genesis and you'll see it's recorded forever into eternity. And in Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall not and shall he not make it good? (laughs) Didn't he say that it wasn't good in Genesis? And here in Numbers, it's saying that God will make it good. Listen to the scripture again. God will make it. It good. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Why do I do this? And why am I encouraging you to do this? Because it is imperative that we look to the scriptures to confirm the promises of God, to encourage ourselves and to build our belief that God will do what he has promised. Here's a few more scriptures. Psalm 33, 9 says, God spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Isaiah 46, 11 says, I've spoken. I will also bring it to pass. So if God spoke it, then it is his responsibility to bring it to pass. And we know, based on what the word of God says in Genesis 2.18 and 2.22, God already spoke. So if he spoke it, according to 46.11 in Isaiah, if he spoke it, then he will bring it to pass. And yes, he spoke by saying in Genesis 2.18. So then he will bring it to pass. As I read it now, as I'm as I'm speaking this in, speaking this into the mic, it's bringing me comfort to my soul as it should yours. God has spoken it, and He will bring it to pass, friend. It is God's responsibility. If God has said something, then I don't need to do it. You don't need to go and try to make something, try to do something on your own, and then we don't have to put the God stamp on it. God will do it. What we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we're lining up with the word of God. We're seeking out of his book so that he can speak to us. He's already spoken and he still continues to speak to us through his word. He continues to encourage us through his word. God will come through for us in Jesus' name. We've just got to hold fast to his word and we've got to believe and we've got to stay in the word and we've got to look at the word. We've got to put our eyes on the word and we've got to continually build ourselves up in the word. Okay, back.
back to Genesis 2.18. It says, God took the rib and made a woman. The word made here, one of the words means to build. (laughs) So God took the rib and built the woman. Again, we're talking about rebuilding and building. And how do we build ourselves up? Now in this present time, we do it with the word of God. We do it by praying in the Holy Spirit. So this is a joint effort. As I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, I'm building myself up. Okay, well, I'm not specifically building myself up. I am a co-laborer with God and the Holy Spirit. We're building myself up. And ultimately, God, he is my builder. He is your builder. And he's the one who, who will marry you and I. Isaiah 62, 5 says, so will your builder marry you. So here it's referring to God being the builder. And the builder, this is your God. This is my God, will marry you. Isaiah 62, 5. So will your builder marry you. So you remember, friend, what I said in the beginning? The five observations? God saw, God said, God promised, God made, and then God brought. Okay. There's some other scriptures as well, too, but I want to get to one specifically in Psalm 68.6. It says, God settles the solitary in families. I never quite understood this scripture. When I read it, I was like, okay, so he'll put a lonely person in a family, I guess. But then recently I studied this scripture. (laughs) Get this. God settles. Settles means, (gasps) one of the root words means to marry. So let me plug that in. God marries. Okay, so let's let's plug that word in with the rest of it. God marries the solitary. I looked up the word solitary in the original. Solitary means beloved, the lonely. So I can say right here, right there. Some of those words describe me, so I qualify for the scripture. I am God's beloved. You are God's beloved. And as a result, God marries. (laughs) So God marries his beloved. I am his beloved. You are his beloved. God marries the lonely. And it says that he settles them into families. One of the words one of the root words to family means to build. So again, building, rebuilding, uh, just the different uh, times it's mentioned in all these scriptures. So what I'm really getting at is that it is God's responsibility. Now, now hear me, not God's responsibility in the sense that you and I don't have a role to play <laughs> and we only sit around daydreaming um, and not really doing much of anything and just kind of waiting. No, friend. That's not what I'm saying. We've got a part to play. Yes, but God's got the bigger part to play. As I do my thing, as I allow the Holy Spirit, as I allow God to 
rebuild me by praying in the Holy Ghost, by edifying myself, by renewing my mind. I'm setting myself up because what's happening is that I'm allowing God to rebuild me into the person so that I can step into his good and perfect and pleasing and acceptable will for my life according to his plan. And we know from Genesis, his will is, (laughs) and he spoke it, I will make a helper for the man. That's God's will. And as a result, God is my builder. He's the one that's going to settle me after I've been built. After you've been built, he will marry me. He will marry you, our builder. That's his responsibility. He will marry us just like he did for Eve. God's word says in Genesis 2, I will make him a helper. And the rib which which God had taken for a man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. I really want to focus on the word make and made in this in this scripture. I will make a helper for him. God took the rib and made a woman. There's another scripture in Isaiah 54 5. Now hear this friend. It says, For your maker is thy husband. Do you hear that word? Make maker. It's in the scripture. Remember, I said that one of the definitions of the word make is to build. And then get this husband in the scripture in Isaiah 54 5 in the original means to marry. For God, your builder will marry you. God builds and then he marries. That's what the scripture says. And wasn't that the original intent we saw with Eve? God made her and then he brought her to her husband. One definition of brought in Genesis, when it, where it says God brought the woman to the man, means to move from one place to another in order to be with a specific person. So friend, today I want you to stay encouraged. Get into God's word. Seek after him. Seek out of his word. And remember, God saw, God said, God promised, God made, and then God brought the woman to the man.